Hello and welcome to episode number one of the Wannabes podcast. Nick Alfano here, co-hosting with the ever-trusty Christian Gange, my Wilbon to the Kornheiser, Patrick to the Olbermann. We've been talking about doing this for a while. We finally decided to get together and, and put together a podcast for all you lovely listeners out there. We think we have some great topics to go over today and for weeks to come, hope to bring in guests as we get better at this and we're really looking forward to it, excited about it. And of course, we have to mention our trusty producer, Trent. Trent's very excited to be here, I know. And I think it's almost better that we don't say Trent's last name out of pure mysteriousness. Episode number one of The Wannabes is sponsored by Fix Auto USA, a network over 150 independently owned and operated body shops providing vehicle owners quality and safe repairs in a timely manner. Check out the fixed auto location nearest you today, specifically the one in San Diego, people. That's the one we're trying to hype up here. Okay, today, how about that for our first little promo? Go fix auto, huh? All right, today on the pod, we're talking all things NFL draft. The hot QBs, problems with mock drafts this year, skill position guys we really like in the first two rounds, and a little bit of fun quizzing Christian Gange, which as anybody that knows Christian Gange knows, is always a little out there. Uh, before we get to the mock drafts, uh, I do need to mention my beloved New England Patriots making one of the most horrific off-season decisions that has been made in the 2019-2020 off-season, or I guess just 2020. Their new uniforms came out today, Gange. They are atrocious. And I don't know why nobody has brought this up on social media I like the Navy. The all-Navy uniform is fine. It's very similar to their color rush, which everybody loved. That was a good-looking uni they wore for home games. Those white uniforms with the Navy pants are disgusting. They're awful. And also, nobody's brought this up, but they are the exact same design as the Cleveland Browns. Just different colors for the different stripes. And nobody's saying anything. Why, after the Browns released their new unis, are we going to release the same uniforms with just different colors on the stripes? What are we doing? It's ridiculous. We look terrible. Nick, you've lived a very spoiled life so far as a sports fan. Patriots winning every year. If they weren't going to win the Super Bowl, they were in the playoffs. I think the one year you're going to make a playoff, you still won 11 games. That's not normal. And I'm so excited for you to see what the rest of us have dealt with our whole lives. The fact that you're going to lose games, you're going to start looking ugly doing it. I cannot wait for Jared Stidham to just fall flat on his face. It's not even it's how you say his name. Who knows? He's a nobody. But, uh, yeah, this is just a sign, Nick. Your, uh, your reign of terror is it's on the decline. And the rest of us are laughing, not with you, Nick, but at you. But if you were going to do a uni reboot for the Patriots, at least do those old red AFL ones with the sick helmet of the actual like revolutionary war hero on the side of the helmet with the red unis. Like they wore them back in 2009 or something like that uh, for the 50th uh, anniversary of the AFL, I believe at least go back to those. These are just disgusting. I don't, I, I well, just don't the, get it. Here's the deal, Nick. You have, it was always Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, you know, coexisting within, uh, within the Patriots organization. Tom Brady's the one who has the swag. He's the one who's got the beautiful wife. He's got the TB 12, all that kind of, extra swag, swagger and all that. If he was there, you know he would have stepped up and been like, no, these are not the right uniforms. But instead, you got Bill Belichick, respect him, nothing bad to say about him, but he's the one who wears these weird-looking hoodies that everybody normally was all okay with. It's just like, oh, he doesn't care about how he looks here to win games. I guarantee you, when they show, even tried to show him those jerseys, they didn't even care, just have him go through. 
And now this is why they suck. <laughs> I'm laughing at you once again. This is what happens when you let marketing people decide what to wear on the football field. Bunch of idiots. Anyways, Gange and I have created our 32-pick first-round NFL mock drafts. As we all know, round one kicks off at 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN on Thursday. We're talking here to start about the QBs in the first round. We presume that four QBs are going to go at some point in the first round. We think Burrow's going to go first to the Bengals. And then after that, it gets kind of strange. Tua, Herbert, maybe Herbert Tua in that order. And then people are saying Jordan Love may have the biggest upside of the entire group. Uh, and they're saying he's probably going to go in the first round. But Gaines, before we get into the debate about that, I got to read mm-hmm. you some statistics here. Quarterbacks, yeah, dra- quarterbacks drafted in the top five since 1999. I bet all you listeners out here don't know this. Quarterbacks drafted in the top five since 99. These are statistics for games they have started, not that they've been a member of, that they've started. 14 of 28, 50% of them, have a losing record. Only four of them have a winning percentage of 600. Only two of them have won MVPs, Matt Ryan and Cam Newton, both of which have made it to a Super Bowl but did not win the Super Bowl. There has only been one Super Bowl champion of top five quarterbacks selected in, since 99 that have started. That one person, Eli Manning, who has won two. Mm. And only two quarterbacks drafted in the top five since 99 have had five-plus Pro Bowl selections. Now, this is a quiz for you. Can you name those two? Well, what's the question? Two that have had... There are only two quarterbacks drafted in the top five since 99 that okay. have five-plus Pro Bowl selections. Who are they? All right. Well, first guess is going to be my guy, Philip Rivers. Yes. Ding, 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 ding. Boom. Boom. Number one. Who is number two? Number two? I don't I don't think it's Eli. It's not I, Eli. I won't look it up. It's, it's not, not Eli. Oh, my goodness. Um, it's... For the, wow. rec- for the record, I would have thought that it was Andrew Luck, but it, it, it was not. He didn't last very long. And then after him, I'm trying to think of all these quarterbacks. I don't think it's Matt. Is it Matt Ryan? Nope. Not Matt Ryan? I'll love you one more guess. One more guess. All right. Maybe Jameis has made it all five years. Who knows? I have no idea. I can't even think of that, too. Not even close. Donovan McNabb. I honestly didn't even, when he even said he was the fifth uh, top five pick. I top five even, pick. So I, let that go to show you that drafting a quarterback in the top five is no safe bet. That's a risk, regardless of if you have injury history like Tua, regardless of if you possibly have a low ceiling like Herbert, regardless if you had just had a great undefeated college football championship season like Joe Burrow, it's, it's all up in the air. You never know what kind of season you're going to have. So that being said about top five quarterbacks, Gange, tell me where you have those top three and then give me a possible destination for Jordan Love. Real quick, Nick, I'm going to correct you on uh, something you gave a top five that just came to my head and I don't want to be called out for it. Jared Goff made the Super Bowl. Yeah, he made, the, he made the Super Bowl. Yeah, he didn't win it. That is true. I said two MVP winners, Matt Ryan and Cam Newton. Ironically, uh, just both made the Super Bowl. Okay, okay. All right, so your question is, you're, now we're asking into my top five quarterbacks of this draft, yeah. correct? Well, well, top four quarterbacks. Top four. Burrow, Tua, Herbert, Love. Tell me where you have those top three going, and then give me a destination about where you think Love's going to go, because everybody has him all over the place. 
Yeah, and uh, I yep. All right, ready to get into this. So Joe Burrow, I have him going number number one overall. The thing with Cincinnati Bengals is I'm actually a fan of Andy Dalton. I think he is hated by that organization for no good reason. I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in franchise history, and there's got to be stats out there to prove that. But the fact is, they benched that man on his birthday, clearly ready to move on. <laughs> on his birthday? The, yeah, did you not know that? He got benched on his no. birthday. What is, and it was, just some, it was like a midday of the week. Didn't have to do that. An absolute joke. So, Andy Dalton <laughs> is done in the, in the Bengals uniform. Who knows? Maybe he'll end up in a Patriots uniform. We can get into that later. But Joe Burrow, the, arguably the best college football season of all time this past year. He's going number one to the Bengals. Unless the Bengals pull, the, pull a move like the Bengals might move and don't. Which you never really know with them. So after Can they that, screw that up, do you think? Like, do you think there's any chance that the Bengals actually screw this up? I mean, we'll get into that. how bad they've been about drafting guys in a minute. But can they screw up the Joe Burrow pick? He's from Ohio. This was gift-wrapped to them. The only way they screw it up is if they decide to trade it. Like, there's no way they take someone else. They're not going to take Chase Young or Isaiah Simmons, Jeff Okuda, all those other top uh, prospects. But if they might decide to trade it, which I could see them doing that, because Burrow's been kind of open, not blatantly, but kind of saying he doesn't really seem to want to go to uh, the Bengals, which can't blame the guy. But... No, I really can't see him screwing this up. This is just way too easy of a pick. Um, so, yeah, Joe Burrow's going back home. He's going to Cincinnati, which is a shame because I wish he could go to a better team and a better organization in general. Yeah, I'm with you on the Burrow pick, by the way. I have him going to Cincinnati. I don't see how they mess it up. He's an Ohio kid. I think the Bengals fans will relish the opportunity to root for somebody that grew up in Ohio and specifically Northeast Ohio, um, which I know you know is a is a hard place for people to grow up in sometimes, and and I think they'll relish that opportunity to root for the kid, and um, I don't know, wish him the best, but I I got to I got to imagine it's not going to be an easy start in the NFL for him, given the weapons that the Bengals currently have, both outside and their offensive line. Yeah, absolutely, couldn't agree more. Um, yes, yeah, so going to my second pick, and I'm going to preface this. I definitely do see the potential of some teams trading up. I know the Lions and the Giants at the minimum are listing the picks. I can see the Redskins even listing the people wanting to trade up. And that would be from a QB needing team trying to jump over the team that go picks number five, who has been the number five, Miami Dolphins. They've been linked to drafting Tua. It seems like for over a year, it seemed like they were going to tank for that number one pick to draft yep. Tua Tagovailoa. I think I said that pretty well. Good for me. So I think that the Miami Dolphins, the fact is they ended up pretty good. Brian Flores seems to be turning them around and actually ended up stuck with the fifth Wait, pick. Brian, but, Brian Flores, Brian Flores. Brian Hoyer is now the backup quarterback for I the say, Patriots. I said Brian Hoyer. You said Brian Hoyer. Oh, wow. I could have said Brian, Brian, Brian Flores. Flores. I'm aware. I'm aware. Okay. Brian Flores clearly um, is turning that team around. And I think they take Tua. So obviously there's some question marks coming around to uh, his hip and other injuries that he suffered. Is he fully recovered? Obviously, everything going on with this COVID-19, the Dolphins doctors haven't been able to really get in there and evaluate him for themselves. Despite, actually, True. if you heard, Nick, they were trying to rush him to fly out to Miami right yep. before the lockdown and didn't get it in in time. But the Dolphins are a good position to take him. And obviously, you got Ryan Fitzpatrick, who can win you games. He's a very solid quarterback. You get the right weapons around him. He could be something. So I think they can have two come in. They can ease him into the NFL, you know, with – just rehab and do what they got to do. Fitzpatrick can, take, can teach him the ropes. And then I think Tua becomes a starter midway net through next year or the following year. So to me, that's yeah. a match that's been expected for a while. And I think it's, uh, it's still going to happen. 
I'll just say this. I also have Tua going to the Dolphins, so we match on two of these. Now, recently, in the last couple of days, the Dolphins have been linked to liking Herbert more than Tua, which actually, though some people like Todd McShay thinks that's absolutely blasphemous, I can see it. I really can. However, however, if Tua is available at five and the Dolphins pass on him, they will regret it for the next 20 years. If they pass on Tua at five, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen in that front office because somebody should be fired. They should not pass on him if he's available. So here's the deal, Nick. I actually disagree with you on that. I think Justin Herbert is who I would take personally. And I don't know if it's what? Yeah, I don't know. That's honestly my gut. I don't know if it's a Pac-12 bias and the fact that I'm a fan of the Pac-12, watch their game more often. But I think Justin Herbert is all but um, – I think he's going to end up being potentially the best quarterback in this draft. I think Joe Burrow's a lock, but out of those next two, uh, three quarterbacks that everyone's talking about, I think Herbert is going to be the best out of those three. Wow. And I don't really have much to back that up, if I'm being honest. I just kind of have a gut feeling, <laughs> I think. <laughs> like, it's not going to be the best analysis, but I truly believe Justin Herbert – I watched him at Rose Bowl, and he blew me away. The fact that his arm was a little off that day, wasn't really connecting on a lot of throws, but just even him running the ball. It was, I don't know. It was it to me. It stood out, and also you got to look at a guy like Tua, and you could probably say it's about Herbert too. But I'm worried about Tua. The fact that he's had what four, four to five first round draft picks at some point in their career as wide receivers with him. Yep, he's had yep. running backs over the board in the NFL. He's got a line with first round picks, and yep. I know the SEC is tough, but I mean, I'm telling you, you, put me behind behind center for Alabama. I can take a couple steps back and chuck the ball as high and far as I can, and Jerry Judy's going to go catch it. If so, you had if you had twenty if you had twenty opportunities to throw a pass as the quarterback of Alabama in twenty eighteen, I think you would have completed seven. That would be my guess. You would go seven of twenty. I'm gonna say twelve of twenty, but uh, we can have our own opinions there. That's generous, man. You got to watch for those LBs running those slant route games because you're not completing a deep ball against some of those defensive backs. But anyways, you think Herbert's gonna be better than Tua? Where do you have him going? So here's the deal. So this is where we kind of get into the number six overall pick. And uh, without yeah. a doubt, unarguably the most pathetic franchise, not just in the NFL, not just in American professional sports, Nick, no, but in the entire world. Okay. And that <laughs> is, and there's absolutely no bias with me saying that. It's just facts. Okay. The Carson City Chargers. Yes, I know what it says on their Jews jerseys. No, they don't deserve to have Los Angeles, okay? They're an absolute joke. That's a, that's a city that has, you know, respected teams. And I hate Los Angeles sports teams. Like, in general, I'm, a, I'm a, from San Diego. I hate the Dodgers. You know, never been a big Laker or Clipper fan, yada, yada. The Carson City Chargers, I'm so excited because they're going to take QB at number six, and they're going to screw it up. And they're taking Jordan Love. And here's the deal. Dude, what? They're taking Jordan Love number six. They're going to, they're, Nick, I was a fan of that team before they made the infamous move up north. And every year they would just fall into traps with their draft picks. They take people based off intangibles that couldn't hold up. Most notable for me was a guy named Jason Verrett. He was a cornerback out of TCU. We took yep. him in the second half of the draft. I forget where it was at. Stud player. He shined in the workouts. Jordan Love shines in workouts. Absolutely. But he was too small. The guy could not stay healthy and just wasn't going to be a good player. Jordan Love is a guy who put him in shorts. He's going to absolutely shine. 
but the guy went to Utah State and wasn't even good at Utah State. Like, I know there's some QBs have gone against that, but well, I hold don't on, think- hold on, hold on. He wasn't good this past year. I'll give you that. I think his TD to INT ratio was like 20 to 17, and they went seven and six. But in 2018, the 2018-19 season, Utah State went 11 and two. His TD to INT ratio was 32 and six. That's almost one, worse for me. He had a great That's season. Almost worse. That's almost worse. He regressed. I honestly, I don't see Jordan Love. I, you just can't see a guy like Jordan Love. I don't know. From Utah, Utah State, like Josh Allen is someone who I think is already off to a good career and a guy that would go completely go against what I'm saying about how is that Wyoming looks great in shorts, that great in the workouts, and didn't really win much in college. But Jordan Love, no. And the Chargers are going to take him. They're going to think he's their QB of the future because of what he can do in the workouts. And it's going to be hilarious. And also a fun fact, Nick, the city uh, of Utah State is in, let me get the name of this, unimportant. The city of Utah State has 50,000 people. 50,000 people? Do you know how happy the Chargers would be to have 50,000 people at a game, Nick? Wow, that's a good point. I have a feeling if you average the attendance of everybody that went to a Utah State football game in 2019 and you took the average attendance at a Chargers game in 2019, the average attendance at Utah State would be higher. 100%. 100%. Also, I just want to point out that some of those uh, traders, I like to call them, who have stayed on as Charger fans from San Diego, they thought they were getting Tom Brady this year. That's funny. Like, come on. Tom Brady. So close, so close yet so far. Only, only the Chargers could come in second place in the Tom Brady sweepstakes. But you have, you have Jordan Love going to the Chargers, which I think mm-hmm. is a pick made out of hate more than it is intelligence. But oh, absolutely. I, have, I have Jordan Love going to, drumroll please, the Oakland Raiders. Quarterback guru John Gruden. Okay, I like with, that. With pick number 19, after they take a wide receiver, Henry Ruggs, because he ran a 4-2 at number 12, he takes Jordan Love at 19 as a project because he has Carr and Mariota, both of whom mm-hmm. aren't going to lead them into deep playoff runs, but they can you know, keep everything going and keep everything afloat as the franchise transitions into Las Vegas. And sitting behind both of those guys for two years, the guy's got to learn something, right? Carr and Mariota, they have knocks physically as quarterbacks. But they seem to both be nice, smart quarterbacks. Just good head on their shoulders. Nothing wrong with them. No off-the-field issues. But they just can't lead a team. So I think Gruden takes a flyer at 19, having two first-round picks, and he takes Jordan Love. That's what I think, personally. But if you have Love— Great pick. Great pick. If he falls at 19, I, I absolutely see that. I agree so with you there. If you have Love going to as, at six, so you have three quarterbacks in the top six, where do you have Herbert going, then? Oh, Nick, you're going to enjoy this one. First off, I think 100% three quarterbacks go top six. I think teams might trade up, but I think the Chargers will stay at six and draft the, whoever the best quarterback is, and it'll be the third one. So after that, I think there'll be a lull. And I think, you know, what happened to uh, Aaron Rodgers, what happened yeah. to uh, Brady Quinn of one QB notably falling significantly. And unfortunately, we won't get to just watch them cry in the green room this year due to the fact that this is all going to be over a uh, video chat. I think that the New England Patriots, in similar to how you just explained what the Raiders are going to do in taking a flyer, I think New England Patriots take a flyer on Justin Herbert. And I don't yeah. think it's a flyer. Herbert is available at 23. I will go absolutely ballistic. Exactly. I'll start throwing beers at the television. 
Exactly. It would shock me. I mean, as I said, I think Herbert should go five. I think the Dolphins should take Herbert. I just have a gut, and I think that Justin Herbert goes 23 to the Patriots. I know that they said oh, they man. like Jared Stidham, and because they like Jared Stidham, I think what, if he gets taken higher, what's going what's gonna to happen is they'll draft someone in the fourth to seventh rounds just to add someone in the building. But if he's there at 23, there is no way Belichick doesn't take that pick. And I actually think if he kind of lasts around to 15 or so, Belichick might do what I know he never does is trade up to go and get Justin Herbert. So I think I'd be perfect. I think you'd be thrilled as a fan. Would you agree? Oh, I would be. I would be absolutely beside myself thrilled if Justin Herbert fell to 23. Now, personally, I think he goes nine to Jacksonville, and this okay. may be this may be one pick. Now it makes sense. I don't know if the only quarterback on their roster is Minshew, but he's certainly the best quarterback on their roster. And despite Minshew mania last year, he's still one year removed from being a sixth round pick out of Washington State. Hasn't proven a whole lot. Hasn't won a ton of games. So I think Herbert at nine, if he falls to nine, is a great pick for Jacksonville. But it's more something that I'm rooting for because I just want to see the pandemonium at Jaguars training camp after all this offseason of Twitter slights against the owner and the owner's son by Yannick Ngakwe and Leonard Fournette. And then they bring him to training camp and it's Herbert who is dude, really smart, A plus student in the classroom, having a quarterback battle with Gardner Minshew, who's probably wearing jorts to voluntary walkthroughs. I mean, it's going to be an unbelievable sight to be seen. I hope ESPN covers every second of it, but that's what I think happens. Herbert nine to Jacksonville. And that's really what I want to happen. That is what I'm rooting for. Yeah. And I can see that too. Personally, I, when I was uh, figuring out who I was going to take with the Jaguars pick, I was up in the air for who they were going to take and had obviously was thinking QB. I think they're going to do, I think they're going to bring in a free agent. I think Cam Newton, Jameis Winston, or Andy Dalton ends up there. Um, yeah. I thought it would happen by this point coming into the draft, but clearly I think teams are going to wait for you in the draft. I think the Jaguars go with Jerry Judy. I think I don't know if you saw today, Nick. They released our boy, uh, fellow Trojan, Mark yep. Daly. Yep. So I think what they're going to do is they're going to get Jerry Judy, which gives Gardner Minshew that number one receiver, um, potentially. And then I think they go in free agency to get Gardner Minshew um, to competition because you can't go into camp as Gardner Minshew as the guy. He's got to earn right. it against one of these veterans. So you, Cam you Newton might be expensive, but yeah, I think uh, I think Cam Newton or Andy Dalton or Jameis Winston goes to the Jaguars, compete with Gardner. Okay. Now, was there a fifth quarterback in this draft, most likely going in the second round? You can say someone that might go later. He might not be the fifth quarterback taken, but another quarterback that you think is going to be taken in this draft, go to the right system, and have an unbelievable career. Anybody that stands out to you? Nick, are you familiar with someone by the name of Russell Wilson? Yeah. What's your, yeah, okay. Yeah, pretty good career. So, Nick, I don't know what it yeah. is, but wait, wait on it, wait on it. I All right. So much of Russell Wilson and Jalen Hurts. So, I okay. think Jalen Hurts is going to be that guy. I don't really know where he's going to go. I've heard anywhere between second and fourth round, um, depending on how everything else unfolds. But I see a guy like Jalen Hurts, and why should I compare him to Russell Wilson, is the fact that he's undersized, in a sense, not the traditional QB like adjustment, like Herbert is. But he's a winner. He's a leader. He won at Alabama. Obviously, things didn't go right in that second national championship. But he did everything to get them there. And that deserves all the credit. One bad half, I'm not going to take that away. And then he goes on to Oklahoma and is a Heisman finalist. The guy's a winner and a leader, which is exactly what Russell Wilson was. A guy who won a Rose Bowl. A guy who, you know, was a 
proven leader and came into a system as I want to say a third round pick to Seattle and just took that starting job. And I won't even say he was a captain as a rookie too. I've been hearing those similar things about Jalen Hurts that he has those kind of intangibles that I think matters so much. And I don't really know where he's going to go. I could see a team like even the Pittsburgh Steelers taking him a team kind of that has that one veteran Indianapolis Colts in addition. The Packers. The Packers. I've heard some that could work as well. So a team that has a guy who can be there for the year and so Kurtz doesn't have to rush into it, but then him slowly becoming that guy. And I say Russell Wilson strictly because of, like I said, leadership. He's a winner, and he's going to go on those mid-rounds. So Jalen Hurts is one I'm thrilled to see where he goes. And okay. I think he's going to have a great career. I mean, he, he may actually be the fifth quarterback off the board. So I, I totally see yep. that. Mine has to be, if we're talking to talk about winners, Jake Fromm. Now, I know he didn't win okay. national. I know he didn't win a national title game. But he made the playoff. He played in Sugar Bowls. And most importantly, people forget this. He was the star on Warner Robins, Georgia, in the Little League World Series at no, he was 11 or 12. He hit three home runs in the Little League World Series. This guy has already shown 10 years of pure elite winning excellence. This guy is going to go to an organization and be the most cut and dry winner. I'm watching film. I'm not going to the club guy you've ever met. Jake Fromm is about to go into whatever system takes him because the system that takes him is going to be perfect for him. That's where they're going to take the flyer. And he's going to go in there. He's going to hit 11-yard slants, 20-yard fade routes, and he is going to be a Pro Bowl quarterback. I'm calling it right now. Jake Fromm. You heard it here first. Wait a minute. Was he on that team of the Dalton character walk-off home run team, or is that a different Georgia team? Uh, Warner Robins, Georgia, has had multiple Little League yeah. Entrance in the last 15 years. I can confirm that personally. I don't know which one he was on, but he was on one and he hit three home runs in one Little League World Series. Wow, that's insane. Well, Dalton character, walk off home run. That's in my YouTube save videos. You know, that was as a kid, I was like, sit this guy. So that's oh, that, pretty in my head with Warner Robbins. That's strange. But Nick, okay, wait, go ahead. I, I, I didn't say that. I think this kind of ties back to what you gave with that uh, opening stat line of top five QBs not being winners. When yep. you're saying how Jake Fromm, a good team's going to take a flyer on him. you got to give some of these guys the benefit of the doubt. If you're going top five, you're going to a pretty bad organization at the very least just at that present time when you would have a team like Russell Wilson going to Seattle and instantly becoming a winner. Because he had Pete Carroll. They had guys around him. They had, you know, just a good team, just for, for lack yep. of a better word, playing it. So I think, honestly, like, everyone wants the money. Everyone wants to be a top pick and say that. But – you can't. I feel like you'd be in a better situation going at second, third round, late first round, even to a good organization. And I think, yeah, like I said, I agree with you on Jake Fromm. I think he could have a very good career. He's actually a guy, if the Patriots aren't able to get Herbert, I think the Patriots take a flyer on Jake Fromm, too, or at least consider that. I would love to see him in New England. I think Belichick would groom him like the second coming. It would be like Star Wars. It would be like Luke Skywalker grooming the next age of Jedi after Tom Brady, who plays like Kylo or, or Kylo Ren plays Tom Brady in the movie. And Tom goes to, to Tampa and, you know, he tries to train more Jedi. You know, I, I think that's exactly what is going to happen here with Jake Fromm. But now that we've analyzed all the quarterbacks, we're going to play a little game. I hope you can follow along with this game because I'm going to do my best to explain it since we're Zooming and not in the same place. But I think you know what I mean, because I know you're an Instagram and Twitter feed, so you've definitely seen this before. So there have been these posts coming out that give you a salary cap in single-digit or double-digit dollars, 
and you need to pick your own team and you can't go over the salary cap. Are you following me so far? Yep. I'm, I'm, okay. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I'm going to give you $10 as a salary cap for an NFL team. And you are only allowed to pick guys that are about to be drafted in this 2020 draft on Thursday. You have 10 bucks. You need one quarterback, one running back, one wide receiver. In the $5 category, you have Joe Burrow as a quarterback, DeAndre, DeAndre Swift as a running back, and Jerry Judy as a wide receiver. $3, Justin Herbert, J.K. Dobbins, Ruggs. And then for $1, you have Jordan Love, Jonathan Taylor, and Justin Jefferson. You need one at each position, three total, and you cannot go over the $10 salary cap limit. Give me your three. All right. Top of my head. So at quarterback, I'm taking Justin Herbert. I mean, I said it in my analysis. I think there's a chance Herbert could be better than Burrow. And if I could save a couple bucks taking Justin Herbert, I'm taking Justin Herbert with three bucks. Okay. Then from there, I'm going to go and I'm going to take a running back, DeAndre Swift. And I know some people don't covet the running backs as much um, in the actual NFL. People say you don't, shouldn't sign him to the extensions. I know the Panthers are getting some slack for signing McCaffrey for what he did. But I think he's so much better than the other running backs on this list. I think he's the only one who genuinely should go in the first round, personally. And I think especially initially for the first five years of his rookie deal, I think he's going to be an absolute stud. So I'll spend five bucks on him. And okay. mainly I'm able to send five bucks on him and I'm because of who I like at wide receiver. And it's not because you listen to him at $1. It's fact, I genuinely believe this guy's going to be an absolute freak. And that's Justin Jefferson from LSU. Okay. And Justin Jefferson, maybe it's the fact that I was watching the playoffs. Um, obviously, we all were. And the fact that he absolutely went off in the playoffs. For some reason, I, it's kind of maybe gut feeling. I think Henry Ruggs is just fast. I think he'll be a good returner. I don't think he's going to be better than Justin Jefferson. Jerry Judy, I think, is going to be a stud as well, obviously. I think him and Jefferson will kind of go hand-in-hand hand, or be pretty equal players. But I think Justin Jefferson, if Jamar Chase isn't on that LSU team as well, I think he stands out even more and could be a higher pick with uh, based off the numbers he would have got. So, in sum it up, I'm taking Justin Herbert, DeAndre Swift, and Justin Jefferson with, uh, with my 10 bucks. All right. I can't argue with that. That totals nine bucks, by the way. So, Gaines stayed uh, under the $10 salary cap. He got one of each position. Awesome. So, so games follows the rules. I can't argue with that list. And I really can't argue with any list you come up with this nine person combination because they're all going to be first round picks. Some of them maybe second round picks, but they'll all go in the top two rounds. So I can't really argue with any grouping that you make. Here's mine. I agree with you on Herbert. I'm taking Herbert with three bucks. I don't think he's going to be necessarily better than Burrow. But I don't want to spend five on Burrow. I think the gap between him and Burrow is close enough with the $3 and five bucks. I'm taking Herbert. At running back, I think all three of those running backs are so eerily similar in what their output is going to be in the NFL, Dobbins, Swift, and Taylor, that I'm going to take the workhorse in Jonathan Taylor. He caught a lot more out of the backfield this past season, so he is an elite pass catcher, and he can pass over 2,000 yards this year. Keep giving me Jonathan Taylor at tailback. So I've got Herbert, I've got Taylor, and then at wide receiver, I've got six bucks left. So I'm going to use five on Jerry Judy. I watched film on this guy. Like I actually watched legitimate tape, like scouts watch tape of college games. Some of the routes he runs, he makes these cornerbacks in the SEC, which in my opinion have the best cornerbacks 
in this draft look absolutely foolish. Look foolish. He is unbelievable. I like. I just don't see him not succeeding at the next level. He is a surefire Pro Bowler, in my opinion. Just because of the way the draft is going to fall, I'm not sure he goes in the top 10, but he'll go in the top 15. And I love Jerry Judy. So my three, Herbert, Taylor, Judy. What do you think? I love it. Obviously, I agree with you on Justin Herbert. I think I would take Joe Burrow if I had the number one pick. We all would. But the gap is so small that if you could save extra dollars, that that's a good pick. Jerry Judy is the best wide receiver. Same thing. I disagree just because I think the gap between him and Justin Jefferson isn't as large. So I was willing yeah. to save the $4 there. Jonathan Taylor is someone I'm a little questionable about only because of Wisconsin. Obviously, that offensive line is known for being you know, a top offensive line. Yep. And they, the thing is, they do, but they give you some credit there. They have produced some good NFL running backs, obviously with Melvin Gordon. Monty Ball had his little splash, um, didn't really last. But yeah, I mean, I really try kind of hard to nitpick that. I think it's a solid, uh, solid three. Um, obviously, I prefer mine to yours, but I definitely, uh, I definitely agree. I'm going to actually point out there, Nick. I want to know what's your opinion on some, on a running back who I think is better than uh, maybe one or two of the guys on this list in uh, oh. Eclair from uh, the guy from LSU. I'm I'm terrible at remembering his name. So, so Eclair is a chocolate dessert, and his last okay. name is his last <laughs> name is Edwards Hilaire. Claude okay, Edwards that's close Hilaire. enough. Okay, so you, you, you call, see where the brain can, was working there. <laughs> we can call him Eclair if you'd like. No, I mean, look, I think... He's Eclair to me now. That's a I now. just did the list based off what I think rungs of $5, $3, and $1. Like, I, I, I based the rungs off what I thought looked the best. But I do think that he can be the second running back taken. I think Swift is 100% going to be the first running back taken. But the next three guys... You could take any of them in any order, and I think any of them would be really good. And I'd also like to point out that I think this running back class is deceptively deep. I think if you needed a running back and you waited, you could get someone like Zach Moss out of Utah, who we've seen play because we're Pac-12 fans, and he is awesome. Zach Moss, you can probably get in the third round. Cam Akers out of Florida State, you can definitely get in the third round, maybe fourth, fourth. And A.J. Dillon out of Boston College had two phenomenal years to end his college career. And even though he played at BC and played in the weak ACC, he still put up staggering numbers. And that guy's got a body. So I think you have, now we're talking seven legit running backs. And I'm sure I'm missing a couple too. So I think this running back class is deceptively deep. And I don't think you need to take a running back in the first round or in the second round to secure a solid you know, running back on your team for five to ten years. That's going to make it interesting to follow, I think, is that I agree with you 100% that this draft class is so deep at the running back position that teams are going to wait to take them. They're not going to feel the need to take guys early because they're going to keep falling. So it's going to be very interesting to see how much these guys fall. Does DeAndre Swift fall out of the first round? Something very likely that could happen. Or does some team love him so much and take him, take him early and it trickles and moves everyone up? I think that you could have running back going first round to third round or that entire group could go second round to fourth and fifth round, depending on how eager these teams are to uh, to get their guy. So, now, this, yeah. is, this is all hypothetical, of course. We're talking mock drafts. We're talking what Gange and I would do as NFL general managers. And at 22 and 23, there's certainly a reason why we are actually not the general managers. Though one day, we probably will be, just saying. But these mock drafts are hypothetical for a reason, because these guys aren't in the front office that are making these mock drafts. However, it's come out recently from a lot of insiders that because... 
there haven't been a ton of pro days and there haven't been a ton of group workouts for certain players that these scouts from other teams haven't gotten together and they haven't been given the ability to group think. So there's not a consensus for certain players at certain positions that teams want. So a lot of people are coming out and saying that mock drafts that all the insiders are putting out are not going to be anywhere similar to what the real draft is going to shake out like come Thursday for the first round. Based off of that information, what first round surprise do you see happening that of all the mocks you've seen don't have happening? Do you have anything? Yeah, so I have one that actually even before I was reading into a lot of mocks that I know is going to surprise you. And I think it's, a Jeff o- it's about Jeff Okuda. I think Jeff Okuda falls. So okay. in my mock draft, I have him going number eight to Arizona. And obviously that's a very high pick, but there's some people thinking that he goes as high as two or three. And I think primarily it's going to be because of all the trades that are going to happen. I think a bunch of teams will be trading up to get those quarterbacks and that maybe that the mock drafts have not been able to predict very well, just given the fact that they're not talking to these GMs as much. Or, you know, they're obviously going to disguise what they're going to do. But I think Jeff Okuda, as a small surprise, falls in, into uh, the number eight spot, and Cliff Kingsbury takes him over there at Arizona. But I'm curious what you have to say um, about what your surprise may be. All right, so that's a good one, because I think if Okuda falls, I think Kingsbury takes him to pair with Patrick Peterson. I have Arizona taking an offensive tackle, uh, specifically Mekhi Becton. But I will say, I think Kingsbury, purely because of the relationship that Kyler Murray has with him, may take CeeDee Lamb, because that would be electric. Oh. See CeeDee Lamb, who played with Kyler Murray for a year in college when he won the Heisman at Oklahoma, play in Arizona together. That would be electric. Well, you really think they're going to take another wide receiver after uh, going to get DeAndre Hopkins? I'm just saying, Kingsbury, the air raid, just gun it all day long with Hopkins, Kirk, Fitzgerald, and CeeDee Lamb. I mean, that would be wild. That would be absolutely wild. Kenyon Drake, hey. I mean, that, that'd be great. Arizona would love be a fun, love to see fun, fun team to watch. So here's here's mine. Okay. There is a contingency on mine. We were All just right. we were just talking about running backs. I think that if DeAndre Swift, who I think is the consensus number one running back, isn't taken until you know picks twenty eight through thirty two, that this doesn't happen. But if Swift gets taken higher than people think. Let's say, for example, he gets taken at 19 by the Raiders. I don't know why the Raiders would do that. They just drafted Josh Jacobs. But just hypothetically, let's say they just take DeAndre Swift. That's part of the draft he goes in. I think there's then going to be a run on running backs. Even though the running back draft is so deep, I think people are going to get scared that their guy is going to get taken by their second round pick. That if Swift gets taken in the middle of the round, you're going to see Edwards Hilaire. You're going to see Jonathan Taylor. And you're going to see Dobbins all come off the board. So my thing is, is I think you see a bunch of running backs come off the board in the first round if Swift gets taken earlier than most people think. And I think just because of how widely known he was as Georgia's starting elite running back, that you're going to have someone take him way higher than a lot of these mocks have him being taken at 31 San Francisco, 32 Kansas City. I mean, I actually agree with you there. Um, that actually may even be a better surprise I have. In my mock draft, I have Swift going 18 to Miami. Oh, so, my God. Yeah, yeah. So Miami, clearly, they shirt up the defensive side of the ball. Yep. Basically, and they're now the Miami Patriots. Yep. So I, I think this is a big draft for Miami and the fact that they get their quarterback and running back of the future. 
So I have Miami arguably reaching to get DeAndre Swift at 18. And then I have no other running backs in my first round after that. But I definitely agree. I mean, as I said earlier, I agree. I think whenever whoever decides to take Swift and whenever they decide to take him is going to have a huge domino effect on every other running back in this draft. I, I, t- I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, that's it for today's episode number one of the Wannabes. We really appreciate everybody tuning in. Thank you so much uh, for Christian, Trent, and I. It's been great putting this together. Uh, we hope to have many more, have many more guests on. Uh, we'd also like to thank again our presenting sponsor of episode number one, Fix Auto USA. And we'd also like to give a quick shout out to all the frontline workers for doing everything they're doing uh, during the COVID-19 pandemic. It's nothing short of heroic. And all three of us definitely appreciate the work you guys are doing. Uh, we're very excited to start out this Wannabes podcast. We'll be sharing out, uh, sharing it out, excuse me, across uh, Spotify, Apple Music. We'll be putting it all over social media, Twitter, Instagram. Um, So make sure you listen, subscribe, follow, whatever you do nowadays with podcasts, because I'm really not tuned in and don't know how you actually follow a podcast. But definitely listen to this one. It's going to be great. We're really excited. uh, And I'm I'm glad we're doing it, guys. Yeah, you know, looking forward to doing this. I'm going to second what you said. Shout out to everyone working to beat the coronavirus. And please, everyone, stay home, stay inside, not just for your own health, not just for your family's health. But I want football in the fall. So stay inside so we can get this thing over with so we can all start watching sports again. That's, as we all know, very important. So, yeah, looking forward to uh, keep continuing to uh, start this podcast. Quick conspiracy theory. These protests will all end once they realize that college football season is in serious jeopardy and they can't live without it. And then they're going to immediately go inside. All right. That's the end of the podcast. We appreciate you guys. Listen to the Wannabes episode number one. Peace out.